0: The president asked that the attendees at his rally peacefully make their voices heard. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. And ask yourself whether you've ever seen
1: anyone at any level of government make the same claim about their own election.
0: If Stacey Abrams doesn't win in Georgia, they stole
1: it. It's clear.
0: It's clear. I would say I say that publicly, it's clear. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. He knows he's an illegitimate president. Truly, I do believe that we're in a fight. I believe that we are in a fight. I believe we are in a fight. I believe we are in a fight. In a fight. So there's a fight in front of us. A fight for all of these things. And so we're prepared to fight for that. We know how to fight our own fight is a fight. We really know. How fight. We love a good fight. We were born out of This is what is our fight like. Right we still have a fight fight hard for the changes Americans are demanding to get in the fight. When
1: I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast
0: by electors not lawfully certified. Is the objection in writing and signed not only by the member of the House of Representatives but also by a senator?
1: It is in writing, Mr. President.
0: Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. Mr. President, I object to the certificate from the state of Georgia on the grounds that the electoral...
1: On and on and on it went today. And let's just use the words of Jonathan Turley for a second. Well, they landed a couple of haymakers today. They sure did, Jonathan. They sure did. Welcome to the National Pulse I'm Raheem Kassam, Editor-in-Chief of thenationalpulse.com. That was a supercut of the day, a supercut of the day of supercuts on Friday, February the 12th, the year of our Lord, 2021, the first day, I think the only day we're going to see of the President's team and their defence of Donald J. Trump in the nation's capital today and what an extraordinary day it was. You want my take straight away? I've waited to start recording this podcast today right up until after they had finished speaking and we'll get into them handing their time back in just a second but I listened to the whole thing today from start to finish Every single word, every single video, every single clip, every single argument, every single way that Trump's team methodologically took down the arguments that we've heard, the exhaustive arguments that we've heard. At least from the left's perspective, over what took place on January the 6th and who was responsible for it. And I don't think there can be any doubt in most people's minds after what we heard today that President Donald J. Trump is in no way possibly guilty of inciting an insurrection here on Capitol Hill on January the 6th. There were so many different elements that we're going to break down. Over the course of this show and over the course of The War Room, over the next 24 hours of broadcasting that we're doing, I want you to stick around, stay tuned, set your alarms, and make sure that other people are getting into this conversation too, because we need a wider audience to understand this. And I was speaking to a couple of our members, you know, the National Pulse has a membership program. I just got a lot of exercise in because I was carrying uh, nearly 900 copies. No, sorry, nearly 1000 copies. It was 999 copies of my book that I'm signing and sending to our members. Was carrying them across the office, box by box. I'll post a picture in the uh, on social media later on to show all the all the all the books. But I was speaking to a couple of our members yesterday on the phone, and I said to them, "Hey, you know how important it is that you hit those share buttons, that you click the links, that you go to the website." I understand that <laughs> it seems like you just go on the internet and the website's there and the contents there, but let me tell you just how much. Work and Worry goes into keeping the national pulse alive online and you know frankly uh, sub- self-subsistent. I do not want to I never have gone begging to billionaires, millionaires or big corporates. So just make sure you're hitting those links and sharing. That's the that's the key takeaway here. They landed a couple of haymakers today. Jonathan Turley said on Fox News. Remember Jonathan Turley is the man that the Democrats actually misquoted in their impeachment manager's case two days ago now using his arguments of 21 years ago that he had very publicly changed in the years preceding this trial but the democrats sought to try and leverage his words anyway it didn't work in fact it backfired on them and the news from capitol hill over the last 24 hours really has been that the democrats actually took too long they did themselves their own case and injustice if you think there's any justice in their case in the first instance. But for those who do, they did their case an injustice by rabbiting on, repeating, but also saying things that simply weren't true. Cutting clips at specific points. Allowing the Trump defense team to come back at them with the full clips. Allowing the Trump defense team to come back at them and say, you can't do that. You cannot behave like this. If this were a court of law, you would be laughed out of it. You would be summarily dismissed because of how fallacious and obviously false and farcical your arguments are. And I think the Trump team did an incredible job of showing that today. And they did it all without mentioning very much. They did mention it a little bit, especially in the in the final, in the closing statements there, talking about the call with Brad Raffensberger that was leaked, where the president was talking about finding the votes, finding the votes, not finding as in make him up, but finding as in do the proper signature checks, do the proper audits, and you will find, you know, you will find this. You will find that I am speaking to you right now. You will find that I am having to watch Mitt Romney walking down a corridor on my television in front of me. That's a shame. You will find that that makes me uncomfortable. And that's what the president was talking about on that call with Brad Raffensberger. But the team, the legal team, didn't even get into the fraud. And I know that will upset so many people. It upsets me. It does. Especially if they've got one more day. If they don't want it, put Peter Navarro in there. Have somebody else in there that wants to show the evidence and walk through the report and the statistical analysis and the numbers and the data, everything from the county levels that we have seen over and over again. And I get it. I get it. That wasn't the way they wanted to go. And it upsets me. I probably don't need to tell you that. I've been the one banging this table about it for over a week, maybe two weeks now. The last president's team didn't want to do it. This president's team did a little better, I think, than than what the case was uh, as as it was expected to be made by the last team. And I'll give them honestly for today's today's efforts. I'll give them a seven, maybe even a seven and a half out of ten. The other two points they don't they they didn't want the other two and a half points they didn't want because they didn't want to do the election fraud stuff. So park that. I'm not being mean spirited. If you park that aside, then you know it's a seven and a half out of seven and a half. <laughs> they created themselves an artificial cap in the raheem scale of awesomeness but they did i thought they did a, a really robust job a really robust job that we played for you there the best bits in the intro of showing the hypocrisy of the democrats in the senate and in the house on several different points now a lot of people think that that's whataboutism i see the merriam-webster dictionary uh, twitter account today tweeting the link for whataboutism which they which they claim is a logical fallacy aimed at you know just pointing the finger back at the other side but whataboutism might occur in a an academic debate it might be relevant as a logical fallacy in an academic debate but it's 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 not relevant as a logical fallacy in a, in a political and legal situation whereby you're not only trying to show that it couldn't have been the president's words that incited an insurrection on Capitol Hill on January the 6th, but you're also trying to show that if anything, if anything, it's been your political opponents who have been ratcheting up the rhetoric over the last couple of years. Over and over again, we heard nine minutes and eleven seconds worth of Democrats saying fight, fight, fight like hell, fight over and over and over again. And I think I can, I, I want to play some more of this if I can, because I think it's so relevant. I think it's so relevant.
0: Get in this fight get in
1: should i just play this under me for the next 10 minutes while i talk to you
0: we all need to be in the fight i bring it down a little bit and i can just talk over it
1: this is elizabeth warren right now Supercut of elizabeth warren i am not afraid of a fight i am in this fight because these are the words these are the words that they say that the president used up on stage you have to fight you have to fight like hell He used those words the very same way that every single Democrat senator in the chamber had used them. Bob Menendez here. Members and neighbors, it is a fight, fight, and it is a fight that we're going to work to make sure continues. It's a fight. Over and over again. It is a fight, and that's And all right, maybe it was a little overwrought at 9 minutes and 11 seconds, but I think it, it proved the point multiple times over, and you probably noticed today that the Trump defense team did play the same clips over and over, and it was ramming the point home, but what it also was doing, and here's why it was genius, what it also was there to do... I'm still playing this underneath, by the way. I don't know if you can even hear it at this lower level. But what it was also... Purposefully created that way, their argument to do, and I actually haven't spoken to any of the defence team, but I know, I can tell. I'm sure you can too. Was to make sure that no matter what point in the day people tuned in, where they flick the televisions on at noon, whether well, was one p.m., two p.m., three p.m., they got the same message in every single half an hour block of time that people tend to tune in for. That the same messages were repeated. So nobody would be under any false pretenses about what the argument was here and how farcical the Democrat case is. We will fight back. We're not
0: going to just take this lined up. I'm just going to keep the fight up. What we have to do right now is fight as hard as we can. We have to rise up and and fight back and so we're See, the genius of this is it's every, <laughs> it's every
1: single democrat it's every democrat in a row keep fighting,
0: keep fighting. Jackie Jackie schumer fighting.
1: Or we kept fighting and we did so we're going to keep fighting
0: we have to be fighting every every uh, single day we have to fight back and we have no choice all of them
1: glad. i think we're doing the right thing to do that uh, fighting. And, I'm fighting. and it's ludicrous isn't it because you, you and i the sensible people in the world all know what fight means In a political context, we all know what it means. This is is baby stuff now. The Democrats have treated the country like babies. In a playground, hey, he says he wants to fight you. Donald Trump wants to fight you. He means fight you, physically fight you but he doesn't mean that, does he? Did Tim Kaine speaking right now mean it? Did Joaquin Castro speaking right now mean it as a physical fight? Cory Booker? Be strong, just like the president said, keep fighting and be strong. Fighting. All right, I'm bored of that now. It, it was just a very, very well-made point. A very well-made point by the Trump defense lawyers today on Capitol Hill. And the the kicker of all of it, Jonathan Turley talks about the the multitude of haymakers, and I'll, I'll, I'll play that clip for you more in just a second. But the kicker in all of it, honestly, from a rhetorical perspective, and this was what I was particularly concerned about on the run-up to this defense, was the rhetorical flourishes here. But of particular rhetorical flourish, and I, I I say it's rhetorical because, and I'll stop saying the word rhetorical in a minute, I promise, <laughs> but I say, I say it's rhetorical because I don't actually expect the United States Senate to act the way they're supposed to. But at the end of the closing arguments, Trump's defense lawyer is standing up there and he says, we are yielding back. The remainder of our time with the hope that the united states senate will use that time to deliver the covid relief to taxpaying ordinary americans instead of beleaguering the nation with another partisan impeachment will they do that will they take the time and go wow trump's lawyers summed up everything they wanted to Everything they wanted to, ladies and gentlemen, not everything you wanted them to do. I get that. Everything they wanted to, they summed it up in a couple of hours, three, four hours. And now they're handing back the time. So confident are they in the case that they made, they're handing back the time so that we can put the COVID relief debate back at the forefront. I think that's brilliant. I think that was... uh, Listen, there's conflict in me, of course, because I wanted them to use the second day for the fraud, the election fraud and the evidence of the election fraud. But in absence of that is what I'm saying. If you accept their premise, and we have to, we don't have a choice at this point, they've made their decision. President Trump has made his decision. So... What do you do with the second day? Well, you say, please go away now, Senate. Be grown up boys and girls and get back to the business of getting the American public their money that they deserve because you shut down the economy for a year. And the money that they were promised by Joe Biden, remember, was a $2,000 check on day one. He said day one, they would work to get those $2,000 checks out. By about day three, it became $1,400. Did you notice that? And now it's, is it anywhere? Is it going to happen? People planned, right? people planned to pay their bills to pay their rent to feed their children to pay for things that they need in their lives not things that they want things they need to live they planned and if we if we're going to accept the case that joe biden won the election fairly at a majority if we accept their premise on that then how does their argument stack up now that 80 plus million people were lied to they were lied to there's no check coming there's no relief coming and so president trump's lawyers going up there today and saying hey get back to the business of government please i think is a profoundly strong point to make i do i don't know these lawyers I haven't spoken to any of them. I'm not in their pockets telling you this. And the reason I keep reiterating my kind of internal surprise at all of this is I, I'm glad, listen, I'm glad, I'm very glad. I'm not saying they were listening to our arguments over the last couple of days, but I'm very glad that the arguments didn't focus around, you know, my constitutionality as to whether or not a former president can be impeached we had that day already we've had several several weeks worth of arguments about that i'm glad they didn't i'm glad they opened hot they opened hot the clips the clips here's what you said here's what you showed here's where it's not true and here's you guys all actually doing far worse i love the fact that msnbc and cnn and all of these big corporate media organizations had to air those clips all day long. The clips, clips that they have never aired. Think about that. Think about how powerful that that is. 11 million people watched the first day of proceedings, even if 7 or 8 million people are watching today, which probably is the case. You get a drop-off after a couple of days. But these are people that would have never seen, never seen some of the clips they had seen today and can i remind you that these are people who had never seen the president's speech from the ellipse i don't think i don't think cnn carried it that day i don't think msnbc carried it live that day and so now you have millions of more people who have managed to watch that on television today for the first time and I will be totally honest with you ladies and gentlemen there were parts of that speech that the president gave that even I hadn't seen or perhaps have faulty recall over and as the defense managers, and here's the here's the beautiful part of all of this not only is it going to draw people in and go, wow, did not know that. And wow, Democrats sure are hypocritical. And wow, maybe I'll go back and watch the president's whole speech from the ellipse that day. Maybe we should be watching the YouTube numbers on that speech. But what it'll also do is If they saw a little chunk of today, they may actually go back and watch the whole thing. They may watch the entire three or four hours of the president's defense because they're so compelled by the things they heard and the things they saw. And I'm not saying that the country is, you know, not divided or that enough people are open-minded out there that it's a critical mass you'll get to, but these things are incremental. You have to, the way the left wins is they chip away, they chip away. It's this salami slicing. They chip away at certain narratives over and over and over again. You want to know why it was orange man bad and impeach, 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 and all of this because they know you just have to wash, rinse, repeat, wash, Rinse, repeat. And that's what the president's legal team did up there today as well. The Democrats have done it for two days, but unfortunately for them, the case was flimsy enough, the holes were gaping enough, and frankly, they were not, they were not, by the end of it, particularly believable characters enough, by the end of it. At the beginning, sure, if they'd given up after a day, by the way, I would have said, wow, got real problems on our hands here. But over the course, did you notice over the course of the second day, things petering out and getting weaker and more tenuous? And as clips started to float around on the Internet of Raskin doing the exact same thing, objecting to the results, objecting to the results, the Democrat case got flimsier and flimsier. It did, it did. Listen. He knows. He knows that there were a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it did. September 2019. November
0: 2018. There are 2018. That were waiting to be heard, and I will not concede. Respect, and I respect where you're coming from, and I respect the the issues that you're raising. You're not answering the question. Do you think it was? I know. I, I would what I'm not do You're not using the word legitimate. There are still legitimate concerns Nancy over the integrity of our elections and of ensuring the principle of one person, one vote.
1: I agree with tens of millions of Americans who are wo- very worried that when they cast the ballot on an electronic voting machine, that there is no paper trail to record that vote. That but was constantly Bernie Sanders, shifting 2005. vote tallies
0: in Ohio and malfunctioning electronic machines which may not have paper receipts have led to additional loss of confidence by the public. This is their only opportunity to have this debate while the country is listening and it is appropriate to do so.
1: Oh boy. Actually, do you know what? That makes me feel embarrassed that I didn't find those clips <laughs> earlier. But hey, that's what happens when there's two of you running a website versus a legal team of dozens of people going through things with, with your help and your support, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I can't tell you the number of things I've found out because of the people like you who are listening to this, sending me things, leaving comments, leaving tips on the website, um, tweeting at me, you know, replying in on Gab, and the live chats that we run, all of it, all of it. It's incredible. And Nancy Pelosi there saying, this is the only opportunity, i.e. the certification process, the only opportunity to challenge. She's talking about the machines. Where was the Dominion lawsuit against Nancy Pelosi back in 2005? Smartmatic, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> oh. I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but I feel a, I feel a weight has been lifted off my shoulders today. Just on the basis of the performance of the of the Trump defense team. It was good. It was solid. And again, do I wish they had done more in terms of the electoral fraud? Of course, of course. But for what they did, 10 out of 10 or 7.5 out of 7.5. Let's listen to Jonathan Turley. Well,
0: they landed a couple of haymakers
1: today. Uh,
0: one on Representative Raskin, another on Representative Swalwell. I mean, I think they really hit those points very hard uh, with uh, Representative Raskin challenging the prior election using much of the same language used by Trump, Swalwell misrepresenting uh, a piece of evidence put before the Senate. Um, Those certainly left a mark, uh, but the main thrust of the argument, I think, is beginning to resonate um, you know, the House Democrats opened the door to turning this into a trial over reckless political rhetoric uh, to make it hard to distinguish for some uh, between the accused, the jurors and the prosecutors. If it comes down to that type of irresponsible language and they certainly pushed brought that home. I also thought that they did a very you know credible job on uh, showing those clips. You know, it's, it's a classic mistake in litigation to tailor videotapes because you just invite your opposing counsel to show it to the jury. And then the jury doesn't believe you anymore. Right. Uh, I think that was a colossal mistake by the House Democrats. They were too clever by half in cutting those clips to avoid the other stuff that is mitigating for President Trump uh, or former President Trump. And then finally, I do think that uh, in terms of watching these videos, uh, they do make it harder to discern the clarity. Uh, You know, that's what impeachment is about, right? It has a very high vote requirement because we want moral and constitutional clarity. You don't find that in the way that the House has structured this case. And I think, and my final point is that here, the House, I think, is the victim of its own excess. It wanted to impeach this president for incitement of insurrection. It could have, as Brett was saying, it could have drafted that a myriad of ways and garnered a lot of support. They wanted to dig this deep hole in the House, and they didn't fill it in the Senate. Yeah, yeah, they definitely wanted to narrowly tailor that article of impeachment, and it may ultimately be to their detriment. Uh, Jonathan Turley, as always, thanks so much. Get Thank our- you. Thank
1: pretty you. amazing pretty amazing and jonathan turley definitely not a trump guy um but pretty pretty down the line i would say i think conservative in in in, in a broad sense but uh definitely not, uh, not not a trump apologist he sums it up he sums it up pretty succinctly there in two minutes and 20 seconds hey you tried to go for this impeachment that was tailored specifically for your victory right they, they actually wrote the thing tailored to the point where they believe people couldn't push back against it and still emerge looking like they're actually on the losing side now of this argument they will certainly and i want to hear your feedback on this but i think they will certainly certainly in fact i'll put a poll up i'll put a poll up on the the national pulse website what you do is to get to our polls you, you just go to the site nationalpulse.com, you click into any article and at the bottom of the articles is the is the poll of the day or the poll of the week. I'll put one up. I want to ask you, who do you think ended up on the winning side here? It seems to me, and Jonathan Turley didn't use these words, so perhaps I'm putting words in his mouth, but it seems to me like they've they've snatched defeat from the jaws of victory on this one you stacked the deck in your favor in the very drafting of the article of impeachment and you failed to present your arguments well enough now i think some people are going to feel very silly about this after all is said and done i think uh what's-his-chops-from-Louisiana is going to feel very silly about this Bill Cassidy, who was was one of the few to flip over whether or not it was constitutional to do this. I think he was using that as a kind of uh, a lily pad, a stepping stone on his way to voting to convict or potentially allowing himself the freedom to vote to convict the president in this scenario. But I certainly cannot see any right-thinking, right-headed, right-minded human being And I use the phrase human being because what does being a human mean at its core? It means having compassion. It means having a sense of fairness. I do not think anybody who is a human being and and lives their lives, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say is a human being. Everyone's a human being but lives their lives cognizant of the fact that they are a human being with a soul. I don't think any single one of those types of people can vote to convict on the basis of the two arguments we heard. If there was any justice in the world, if there was any justice in the United States Senate, you would even see Democrat votes flipping and once again clearing the president's name for the second time. I think we will see that. And I think we will see a picture from Mar-a-Lago of President Trump holding a copy of USA Today like he did last time around with the big, bold letters acquitted across it. Remember that? I think you'll see it again. And then at what cost? Then that's what we have to consider, at what cost? And not just at what cost to you, or to the country, or to the unity of the country. Remember that word we keep hearing from the Biden regime, unity, unity. They've even put it in little love hearts on the front of the White House lawn for Valentine's Day, healing unity. What cost to that, sure, but also what cost to the legitimacy with which the Congress of the United States is viewed both at home and abroad? I'm stunned. When you think of the amount of political capital, philosophical capital that the United States has again, both at home and abroad, what it stands for in the world when people see that flag as envious as they might be. Oh, that is my you got to run over to the war room alarm. So I better wrap this up pretty pretty soon. But when you think of the gravity that that flag has, no matter how envious other people are around the world and what attributes they, they, they foist upon Americans, you burger and fry, milkshake drinking, ignoramuses who don't have passports and don't travel, you know, these stereotypes that are told about Americans all across the world by people who fundamentally are saying these things because they envy they envy the united states they envy the first amendment they envy the second amendment they might not know it they might not say it but all of that philosophical political capital that the us has and and it's being pissed away by your own representatives and the point the irony the ultimate irony of all of this is what is Congress's problem? Why is Congress even doing this? Why are they so unhappy? Because they have an approval rating of 9%. The lowest ever. Ever. And President Trump has an approval rating of 50%. And why does the media help the Congress in this? Because the media's trust rating hovers between, I think it's somewhere between 13 and 15% of people who say that they fully trust the US media, corporate media. That's why they're doing this. And think about it. Talking about shooting yourself in the foot. They now do something else that will further undermine them in the eyes of the American public. Extraordinary extraordinary behavior. Right, just before I go, I want to I want to bring you some uh, some other news. We do have on the site at the moment, by the way, a list of the Lincoln Project donors. I thought that was really important to put out there right now given the fact that the Lincoln Project is embroiled in a major scandal and a really really horrible, terrible one regarding John Weaver and his penchant for, for underage boys. Um, and and I just think it's worth people knowing who has underwritten uh, that behavior for the last couple of years since the Linker Project first emerged. And, you know, Bain Capital, lots of people from Bain Capital, uh, Sequoia Capital as well, Chinese-linked organization giving lots of money to the Linker Project. But go through the list. It's at nationalpulse.com. Go through the list. Make sure you share it with people. Let me know if you know any of these people that are named in this list. I think we have about 100 names down there and where they work we're not doxing anybody this is all public information that you can find we've just aggregated it all in one place because as i say i think it's really important and the last thing i think is really important to address here is the stark hypocrisy and actually disgusting behavior by biden's white house today uh, when dealing with this case of tj ducklow and if you don't know who tj ducklow is i'll just very briefly explain this uh, vanity fair article to you that dropped this morning I'll just read it here to save time. A White House official tried to quash a story about his relationship with a reporter by issuing threats and using derogatory language to another reporter pursuing it, according to two sources familiar with the incident. In a sympathetic profile Monday, People magazine revealed that White House Deputy Press Secretary T.J. Ducklow is dating Axios political reporter Alexi McCammond, who covered the Joe Biden campaign. But behind the scenes, Ducklow had previously lashed out at Politico reporter Tara Palmieri, who was reporting the story, exhibiting behavior that led to tense meetings between the Washington News outlets, editors and senior White House officials. That is somebody in the Biden White House threatening to destroy a female reporter for reporting on his relationship with another reporter who covered the Biden campaign. Threats. Threats. Now listen to what Jen Psaki had to say about this today. Just not, Go ahead. Go ahead, point It's okay. The president on inauguration day spoke to people that he was, I
0: guess, I guess swearing at his staff he said, I promise I will fire you on the spot, on the spot, no ifs, ands, or buts, if they speak down to or disrespect their colleagues. Now, it's not a colleague being questioned here, but isn't this sort of well short what he pledged on inauguration day? As I've said, Josh, it doesn't meet our standard. It doesn't meet the president's standard. Um, and it and it was important that we took... Um, Uh, a step uh, to make that clear. Uh, And that included not just an apology directly from him and apologies directly from us at the highest levels there, uh, but also a step uh, to uh, suspend him uh, for one week without pay. Uh, And that, in our view, was was an important step to send the message that we don't find it acceptable. was the President involved in this discussion at all? No, I have not discussed it with the President. It was a decision I I made and uh, with the approval of uh, the Chief of Staff
1: so let's be clear about something here not only is Jen Psaki saying that the appropriate response to a male staffer threatening a female reporter with destruction I will destroy you he said not only does she think a fitting punishment is one week suspension without pay from his I don't know how much he makes but it's going to be six figures from his six-figure job or near six figure I don't know but she's also saying that the ultimate arbiter of who decides what behavior is acceptable or not in the White House, the President of the United States, is not appraised of the situation, has not been read into the conversation, doesn't know about the incident. And why is that relevant? Because here's what Biden said himself on Inauguration Day about behavior in the White House. If you're ever working with me and I hear you treat another colleague with disrespect, talk down to someone,
0: I promise you I will fire you on the spot. On the spot. No ifs, ands, or buts. Everybody, everybody is entitled to be treated with decency and dignity. That's been missing in a big way the last four years. Kathy's gone through all your backgrounds. to
1: still missing isn't it <laughs> i mean if it were missing over the last four years it's been doubled down on now the biden regime's behavior on this and, and let me let me say this okay because i i have my fair share of tete-a-tetes with people in the media in washington dc but at no point do i think i've have i threatened to destroy a female and Tara Palmieri, I don't know her from Adam. But I imagine being threatened with destruction from a White House staffer who's just in the job, who you're friendly with, by the way, because the left media and the White House staff now are very friendly. They say so themselves. They go on television almost every day to, to yuck it up together. They drink together, they go to the same bars, they go to the same cookouts, they, you know, uh, involved in the same snowball fights, you know, (laughs) pick your time of year. There is a a tightly knit web between left-wing reporters, i.e. most reporters, 98% of reporters here in DC, and political activists on the left, the likes of which are now in the White House. And Biden says, I'll fire you on the spot if you don't treat people with decency and dignity. Instead, what we get is a week without pay, a week suspended without pay. Let's just imagine, pre-tax, let's imagine he makes 100 grand, TJ Ducklow, right? It's, just, I mean, you know, just for... It's going to be around that, Okay. So that is $1,923 a week out of $8,000 a month. Wow. What what a punishment. What a punishment. Extraordinary levels of hypocrisy again there. I want to leave you today with well, I think I think we owe the uh, we owe the Trump defense team a uh, a play of some of their clips today. I'll be heading over to the war room right now. Make sure you're sharing this podcast, getting in touch with everybody you know, telling them to subscribe, to download. It's imperative that you are a part of this process of growing this audience. Otherwise, I've done all this work putting this fancy studio together for <laughs> nothing. I know you're already doing it and I'm incredibly grateful for it. We'll see you again. I'll try and do one for Sunday. How about that? I know it's Saturday tomorrow. And Sunday's Valentine's Day. Ooh. I'll try. I'll try without getting into too much trouble. I will try. I'll see you in the war room tomorrow though and this evening. www.thenationalpulse.com forward slash support.
0: The managers would have you believe that the president's supporters usually follow his every word, but in this case, imputed some imaginary meaning to them while ignoring his most clear instructions. President Trump said, peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard, and the House managers heard, took from that, go down to the Capitol and riot. The president. I object to a certificate uh, from the state of North Carolina based on violations. right no debate, and there is no debate in the, the joint session.
1: I object because people are horrified by the overwhelming
0: evidence. Section 18, of Title 3, of the United States Code prohibits debate. Um,
1: I object, I've objected to the counting of the electoral votes of the state of Ohio. I object to the certificate from the state of Alabama. The electors were not lawfully certified. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina because of the massive voter suppression and the closing the of voting polling booths. There is in no the debate. There is no debate. 16 to 1. There is, is one. no debate. And the massive voter
0: suppression that occurred The gentleman was suspended. I have an objection to the electoral votes. The objection is in writing, and I don't care that it is not, it is not
1: signed by a member of the Senate. I do not wish to debate. I wish to ask, is there one United States senator who will join me in this letter There of is objection? no debate.
0: The uh, objection is, is signed by a member of the House, but not yet by a member of the Senate. Well, it is over. Uh. <laughs>